250 for a high ball and a buck and a half. Ah, screw it. The drinks are free. The Gophers beat the Badgers. Welcome into a very special edition of Taken All Wrong. We are recording on a Saturday night, mere hours after the Gophers uh, took the Badgers behind the woodshed. I am J.D. Mill, joined by Mr. Frothy Gopher. How are you doing on this uh, blessed evening, sir? I would like to say that it has absolutely sunk in yet, but it won't. It won't for probably a few days, but all I have is this enormous sense of relief and satisfaction that the streak is over and that we did it in such wonderfully comprehensive fashion. And as an objective outside observer, right, which I am totally not, the the game wasn't really close, but... I lived and died, and we'll get into this as we talk about it, with every single snap of that ball, and it probably took five years off my life, but I am so goddamn happy right now. It is just amazing to have won that game and done something that we haven't done in 24 years, which is win a ball game against Wisconsin in, in Madison, and it's just extraordinary, and I'm so happy. It, it's unbelievable. I, I'm positive that to anybody who is not a uh, a diehard gopher fan it's probably completely pathetic the reaction that we're having um but i am not afraid to say it i I mentioned it on twitter i absolutely bawled my eyes out sitting on my couch this afternoon um just you know it's you you put so much effort well effort i don't know if effort's the right word but so much emotion (laughs) into this team and it it we have so few opportunities for payoff and this was absolutely the the greatest payoff that we could have hoped for in a season that has just been i mean you couldn't describe it any other way than a roller coaster it's it so i, I talked about this a little bit on twitter over the last few weeks like the as particularly as the Star Tribune decided to go on about our attendance issues and what's not. And we're not going to get into that tonight, but I'll just say that there just haven't been a lot of reasons to show up for this team. They haven't really gained that they shouldn't have won in a long time. They haven't, they haven't beaten the team that finished the season ranked at the end of the year. And since like 1999 or something like that. So there just haven't been a lot of reasons to show up. And so you, you, you go into this game that we've lost, 14 times in a row we haven't won there in 24 years and you're just like all right well let's just get this over with get the season over with and i was doing the whole you know post-mortem before the game even started that well let's think about next year right and you just you don't think that we have a chance and so then you start to watch it and all of a sudden it's this team that we hope that we'd be seeing all season long shows up and it's the first quarter, and it's the second quarter, and then it goes into the third quarter, and then, you know, we're 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 in the last five minutes of the game, and we're closing out to win it, and so it, it 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 was hard to really believe that it was happening because I think we've been waiting for this for such a long time through the kill era, through the Clay's season for the last season with with with, with Fleck, and you just hope that we'd put this sort of performance together against against Wisconsin. And uh, it's it's just extraordinary to see it, 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 it. And you're right. 
any outsider that isn't invested in the way that we are into this program is going to look at this and go, why are you freaking out so much about this? Well, it's been, it's been so long since we've been able to put a decent performance together against Wisconsin. And every year it feels like we're the one that make colossal mistakes. And, and this year, Wisconsin had four turnovers. Wisconsin had drop passes. Wisconsin had big penalties at, at, at inopportune times. And, and we didn't do any of that. And so it was really the, the most complete game that we've seen from, from the Fleck era. Uh, and, and, and Purdue was another really well-done, complete game. And so having these two games in the last three weeks of the season is, is great. And to have it against Wisconsin is just, oh, it's just extraordinary. I, I just can't say enough about how much this means to the long-term survivors of this program. Yeah, and I'll tell you what was really cool was uh, I was having fun with it on Twitter. A, a lot of players were posting tweets and saying, this is for Minnesota, this is for the fans. And truly, like, I was very appreciative of that because it's like, I think somehow these guys get it that we've suffered. It's pretty new to most of these guys on the team. You know, a lot of these guys are from different parts of the country and this rivalry is new to them. Certainly they feel it because they're a part of the program now, but as far as the the longevity of it and really like experiencing like intimately each one of those losses for 14 seasons. Um, So I was appreciative of them saying this is for the fans and I was having fun with it and saying like, Oh, thank you. It's a, it's a beautiful gift and um, you know, all these things. But I think that that was really cool. But I, I think that it speaks a lot to sort of, what this culture is becoming as far as just understanding that this is a this program this football team is bigger uh than just a football team and just a game so um so just a lot of fun let's let's sort of maybe walk through the game a little bit um and just maybe talk about kind of how we were feeling at at different times because um as much as a roller coaster this season has been, I think this game was a little bit that way. And um, actually, looking back on it now and sort of walking through things a little bit, I'm not sure if it was really that much of a roller coaster or if it was just how damaged I am as a Gopher fan uh, coming through. Um, but you know, Gophers uh, come out and uh, end up, you know, start out. Look good. That slant pass to Tyler Johnson uh, comes through, and then basically uh, three three uh, plays and a punt after that. Wisconsin essentially, in their first drive, comes out and absolutely marches down the field. I mean, they were doing essentially whatever they wanted to do on offense. Jonathan Taylor um, uh, just just running out over the Gophers. Hornybrook when they needed a a pass to to get a first down was. Uh, you know, looked looked very accurate, um, but they get to the end of their drive. The Gophers do stall them on the 13-yard line. The Wisconsin Badgers trot out their their kicker Dom Deloise, uh, and he misses. And what what were you thinking at that point? Well, at that point, I was just thrilled that when they were going for when Fat Kicker was going for it, I was just thrilled that we were going to hold him to three. That was a win. Absolutely. After after we went 
what four and out basically that I, I was thrilled that we were holding them to, to three. And so then when they missed it, it was like, all right, game on. Great. It, you know, we, we, we kind of effed up that first drive. They effed up their first drive. So, you know, let's go, let, 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 let let's get this on. Let's see what we can do. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it was a good sign that they made what was probably the first error of the game. And that was a, that was a harbinger of, of what was to come, though we didn't know it at the time. I was, Still in, on the terror scale at about a 13 a, a 10 uh, at that point in the game. Agree. It, it was one of those things where when when he missed the field goal, I think my reaction could best be described as, huh. You know what I mean? Like, like huh. Like, I didn't expect yeah. that. Uh, That's very gopher That's very gopher Yeah, I feel good. I feel good that he missed that field goal. Uh, I don't know if it means anything, but uh, that was that was definitely a good thing. So uh, Gophers get the ball back um, and move the ball pretty well. They move down the field, uh, run about 10 plays, and uh, Emmett Carpenter comes in for his first field goal from 34 yards uh, and, and hits it. So Gophers are up 3 nothing. Uh the drive was, you know, basically uh, a few passes. I think. Let me look here at the play-by-play. Yeah, Ottman Bell, uh, Rashad Bateman, and Tyler Johnson were all uh, targeted on that on that drive. Which, just if you look at that as a just a small microcosm of this season versus past years, I think that's a very good sign. Something we've talked about in previous podcasts, where you've got multiple receivers who are. Um, a part of the game plan instead of just one guy, one guy, one guy all the time. Um, but hey, it's go f- just nice to have receivers involved yeah. in the ball game. If we're totally honest, so. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Mo Ibrahim, uh, I mean, had a had a nice drive that time around, um, about seventeen twenty yards in there. So a, a good drive. Gophers, Gophers move down the field. They show that they can move the ball against this. Um, Wisconsin defense, which is certainly not the uh, you know great defenses that we've seen from them in the past, but they go down and they get a field goal, um, and uh, and you know obviously it feels good to to get that those first points, put some points up on the board against Wisconsin, and and kind of start that. Were you pretty sure we were going to win after that first field goal? Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. if there's one thing that I know, it's that scoring field goals wins games. No, I was uh, I was upset that we ended up having to settle for a field goal there. But, it, it, you know, it, it, at that point, I think the thought was, well, we got points. That's great. We got the first points. I think Go for Football tweeted out something like we're 9-1 and one when, or Fleck is 9-1 and one whenever they score first. And then yeah. I was just thinking, well, that, that, that's going to be 9-2. Yeah. <laughs> We've been down this road before. Like, yeah. The first half doesn't even really matter in Gopher Badger games, oh, no. particularly there. So, I, yeah, we scored three, fantastic. We should have scored seven. Oh, God, what's going to happen on the next offensive drive for them when Jonathan Taylor gets the ball? That's what I was thinking. You're right. No, absolutely, absolutely. So Gophers are uh, up 3 nothing at this point. Uh, Badgers come out next drive and uh, – uh, to to end the first quarter, um, they move the ball but end up punting to the Gophers. Gophers come back, they punt back to uh, Wisconsin, and then on the next drive, 
uh, we get something that has been uh, a bit of uh, a, a bit of a tough thing to find this year, which is a turnover. Uh, Coney Durr intercepts Alex Hornibrook um, and brings the ball back to the Minnesota 41. So uh, a little bit of that momentum that we picked up from the field goal a couple drives later uh, suddenly feels like we've got an opportunity to to do something. And I don't, I mean, I know Hornybrook has uh, been a, a little bit careless at times with the ball. This is his first game back, but uh, prior to this, he, he was pretty much doing what he wanted to do. Um, I don't know exactly, but I, I know at one point, I think he was like six of seven or, or something like that. I mean, playing fairly well, we weren't getting any pressure on him, uh, but finally we do get a turnover and uh, have a chance to uh, to uh, go and uh, actually actually really change the momentum of the game. Uh, what were your thoughts as far as maybe how the defense today, uh, what we were doing on defense, played into Durr being able to to get that interception? Well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, which is in the first quarter, he was pretty lights out. It was the pass to Davis in the end zone that was arguably pass interference, but it was an incompletion. But he'd basically been hitting on everything. But Hornybrook is not a fantastic quarterback, right? Neither is the other guy, Cohen or whatever his name is. And so to me, they were basically interchangeable coming into it. But we have a history of giving, making Badger quarterbacks look like they're amazing whenever we play them. And so, you know, I think the the Durr interception was the first Les Miles hand clap that I gave for the day. And I'll give that shout out to me. <laughs> but, but, you know, that was the first play that we made that was, okay, we're, we're, we're doing something that we don't typically do, which is turning the Badgers over. And that was the first time I thought, okay, we've got some momentum here. Things are, things are starting to look like they're potentially headed in the right direction. Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting situation where it was kind of like, I think we're so used to the bounces or the calls going against us in these games against the Badgers that it was sort of like, well, hey, you know, a couple things are going our way. Um, and, and so so that was definitely good to see. So uh, Gophers get the ball back, and they go down and score a touchdown. Uh, Ibrahim uh, runs in from 10 yards out. Carpenter gets the uh, extra point. And uh, Gophers are suddenly up 10 to nothing. And uh, we're feeling pretty good about things. Uh, we get the ball back to uh, Wisconsin. And Wisconsin runs. Uh, they get a first down. Uh, they run a few plays. And then they end up punting to us. And another thing that we haven't seen all year, uh, or much of this year, is uh, a huge play on special teams, and Demetrius Douglas takes the ball and runs it all the way back, 69 yards, for a gopher touchdown on a punt return. And all of a sudden, the gophers are up 17 to nothing in the second quarter. And, and, and again, it's just one of these things where it's like, what? This these are not the plays that we get in this game. What what were you thinking with with that that punt return? 
Well, I noticed that you, you, you sort of quietly passed over the Blake Cashman ejection from the game uh, for uh, uh, punt-catch interference that happened uh, a, a drive or two before that. And that was where I thought, okay, well, that's it. The game's over. Uh, because it, it was a very questionable call. It, he, it was questionable whether he got there early. It looked like he was within an arm's distance. And it was questionable whether he was really going and targeting there. Um, regardless, uh, that happened, and I thought, well, that's it. The, the, those are the sorts of things that we do. Are arguably our best defensive player gets ejected from the game. That's it. We're done. So to to get to a point where we were up ten to nothing, and then Demetrius Douglas returns at sixty nine nice yards for a touchdown uh, was uh, incredible. That was that was definitely the second Les Miles clap of the day. And a point where I thought, holy crap, we might actually win this thing. But again, wasn't going to allow myself to fully emotionally invest in it uh, at that point, because I know what happens in second halves uh, against Wisconsin and, and Madison. So uh, was feeling pretty good. I mean, we're up 17 nothing. I absolutely would have taken that with about a minute and change or so left in the first half. I absolutely would have taken that if you would have uh, told me about it beforehand. But still fully clenched because then I knew that we were in a let's hold on and not blow this game and in, in what spectacular way could we potentially blow this right uh, my comment on the on the Blake Cashman uh, ejection would be this I I agree I think it was uh, questionable having said that I think that call that flag gets thrown 10 times out of 10 by referees in the NCAA yep. that's something that they're looking for Anytime you get a shoulder or a helmet uh, near another player's uh, upper body, especially in a situation where they're deemed, quote-unquote, defenseless, they're going to call that. And um, I think think it was a more uh, a poor decision on Blake's fault than it was a bad uh, call by the refs. But that's one of those points in the game where you're like, Shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> we do. Yeah, like we this, do every year. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So this is how we're gonna piss it away. Okay, like yeah. that's great, <laughs> wonderful universe. Like what? What? I, I had no idea what you'd have for us this year. Like, you know, great job. But uh, it was just I, unbelievable. I if I'd have if I'd have been holding a shoe, I definitely would have thrown it uh, at that <laughs> point. But uh, I keep them away from me during these games. Oh, so. it's smart. It's smart. Uh, so. Um, Speaking of uh, speaking of momentum swings, so the Gophers are up seventeen nothing on the uh, Demetrius Douglas uh, nice punt return uh, for a touchdown, and all the Badgers do is come back uh, with fifty nine seconds to play in the quarter and basically do what Northwestern did to us last week after we had tied the game up. Uh, this time the Badgers go down, uh, score a touchdown again. We're I think. We're all hoping, uh, you know, to, to go into the half up 17 nothing. I think with, you know, 40-some seconds in the game, ESPN started saying, the last time the Badgers were shut out in the first half was blah, blah, blah. And, of course, the Badgers go down and, and actually... Screaming at the TV when oh, they were saying that. Yeah, it was... Uh, I couldn't believe they were... Uh, they were doing that, but uh, but what do the Badgers do? Not only do they go down and get points, they actually go down and get a touchdown uh, heading into halftime. So, at halftime, seventeen to seven. Now let's talk at this point about the emotion of this game and just where you were at, because I know at halftime, 
uh, we had exchanged some messages. And uh, what what were you feeling? What were you doing at halftime? Sweating. Uh, trying not to throw up. I think I think the way that I said it to you was probably most accurate, which is there is just so much angst inside of me right now. Um, you know, giving up that touchdown at right at I mean, there was one second left in the half or something. Yeah, giving up that touchdown right at the end of the half was the sort of thing that you just think to yourself, "Of course we did." Like, of course we did that. Of course we did. I mean, you don't lose 14 years in a row to your most hated rival where probably half those teams were pretty ordinary teams unless, you you know, either you conspire against yourself, which is more often the case, or the universe (laughs) conspires against you, which also happens sometimes. So, yeah, it was, I think somebody on Twitter said something like, to me, like, is this like longer than most Super Bowl halftimes? And that's right. the way it felt. It felt like it was forty minutes. I think that was the first time that we started doing not uh, like pulse measurements, like how fast is our heart beating and are we in danger? And should we be pulling out the life alert necklaces and hitting right. those to save us and give us some beta blockers or something? But no, it was a long halftime. It was a long halftime, and I, I, I genuinely felt like we didn't have a chance to win. Like, that that was the death knell for us, sure. them scoring a touchdown. They were going to get the ball to start the second half, and they were going to get a touchdown, and we were going to be up three, and then we'd start to panic. Hey, hey, I'm damaged, okay? Like, yep. this is not my first rodeo with Gopher football. I would like to think that everything exists independently, and that I'm not burdened by this history of <laughs> God damn it, what did we do this time? <laughs> right? But but I'm not. I'm not that. I, I've I've been here. I, I've stuck with it. I, I, I'm happy to be here. But uh, no, I, I genuinely felt like there was very little chance we had to win the game. Right. Um, so uh, the the saga for me was um, I had started out watching the the first half of the game. Uh, streaming uh, from my home office, which is sort of like my home office slash game room, I guess. And I have, so I was streaming it. And early in the game, it seemed like I wasn't too far behind uh, with what was going on. But as the first half went on, it became clear that uh, that I was falling further and further behind uh, real time when uh, when Ibrahim scored the touchdown uh, in the second quarter, I saw it on Twitter probably a full ninety seconds before it was actually on my TV. Uh, but halftime came, and I was like, okay, uh, you know, being the uh, the fan that I am, and and all of a sudden becoming superstitious, I'm going. Well, now I don't feel like I can leave this room, and I shouldn't go watch the game live uh, because that might screw the gophers up um so i hate i hated you for even bringing it up like of course you're not gonna go anywhere else right stay where you are don't move i kept my lucky empty diet coke bottle next to me for the entire game (laughs) so actually when the badgers scored at the end of the second quarter i felt like it gave me license to move i was like okay like this has run its course um, so I was, uh, I was making my move to, uh, head to the living room and watch the game, uh, on live on, on cable. And, um, I just was jittery. I, I couldn't like, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. 
And so I just grabbed my dog and went for a walk and probably yep. walked, walked the fastest mile I've ever walked in my life and, yep. and got back from the walk. And I was like, there's, there's still like eight minutes left in halftime. What the hell is going on here? Uh, it was just, it was so agonizing. And, and from there, the entire second half, I just, I couldn't get comfortable. I just was nervous, um, the entire time. So, uh, so Badgers come out second half, they get the ball, um, and turn the ball over on downs. Uh, they go for it, uh, on a fourth and three, uh, inside go for territory, Hornybrook uh, throws an incomplete bat- pass, turns the ball over to the Gophers. Uh, Gophers go down eight plays and get another field goal. So at this point, uh, Minnesota is up 20-7. to We're still early in the third quarter. And on the next drive, uh, we end up getting another interception. So now we are about halfway through the third quarter. We're up twenty to seven. And, and, oh, real, real quick there. Yep. Uh, that 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 uh, that interception was by uh, the Huff brother, who I think is Julian Huff. Correct. Uh, who came in as a replacement for the ejected Blake Cashman? Great so, point. Uh, he had she had a gigantic game today, and that interception was huge. Absolutely so, uh, huge. just wanted I just wanted to call that out because that was that was big for a guy who is a senior, like he's done here uh, after the bowl game. But uh, to come in as a as a senior uh, replacement for probably our best overall defensive player was a big big deal. Absolutely, absolutely true. Great point, uh, filling in for Cashman and and uh, making a huge impact for the games. Uh, um, obviously, on this interception. So, uh, as I said, Gophers get the ball back, uh, go down and get another field goal. So we are. Uh, through the uh, third quarter, uh, uh, sorry, Badgers finish the third quarter uh, with a, a drive uh, where they end up punting um, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So at the end of three quarters, the Gophers are up 23-7 to seven on Wisconsin. And at this point, I think, I remember sending a message or a tweet and saying when there was like five minutes left in the third quarter and just saying why is it still only the third quarter like it just if halftime felt long for some reason that third quarter felt like it took an eternity Uh, but we come out up 23 to 7 so heading into the fourth quarter with that lead did you feel safe no two scores no no, absolutely not. Agree. Absolutely not. I mean, you recall like what 2016? I think it was the Mitch Leidner three or four interceptions in the second half, Ooh. most of which took place in the fourth quarter, yes. up like seventeen to seven, and we ended up losing thirty-one to seventeen. So no, I did not feel safe at all. I will say that I had sort of set some rules for myself that if we met certain thresholds, like stop them from passing the ball effectively, which we had done, stop Jonathan Taylor from going off on us, which we had done, and then we're up by, I think, 14 points, I would start to emotionally invest myself in the game. So this is where you start to break down the 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 defense uh, sort of the manifestations of your mentality that defend you from from heartache. And and it's a thick core, you know. It, it, it's like a it, it's a tumor that sort of protects you, 
And uh, at this point, I was like, you know, we might actually do this. So going into the first qu- fourth quarter, up two scores, I did not feel safe. But I started to feel like, hey, this could actually happen. That Those first sort of feelings where I'm going to open myself up to love just one more time. And I- I'm not going to get hurt this time. And let's see what happens. So I remember leaving. I went to get myself a drink. They did the whole jump around bit, which just makes me want to tear my face off. Uh, and then when I came back in, I was like, all right, we got the ball. We got the ball. Let, let's see what we do with this. And I was really going to base how much more invested I was going to get, you know, dependent on, on what happened with our offensive position, position here. I have to say that, you know, they refer to uh, jump around as the greatest tradition in college football. I think my favorite tradition in college football, at least today, is videos of Gopher fans at Camp Randall who just stand and stare at the camera or shake their head while uh, everybody in Camp Randall is jumping around. I saw a couple of really good ones today, so uh, I hope. For- I like to think that uh, I like to think that, like that Tanik and I got those started in 2014 uh, I- because both of us were there for that game and sent out uh, pictures of. Completely non-responsive, completely hating every single second where we're there and not moving while yep. every single red-garbed heathen jumped up and down the whole yep. time. So, no, no props, props to those who kept going to Badger games uh, after that experience where I, I felt like uh, we completely and totally blew it and uh, didn't have a great time in Madison. I, I'm just not going to do that to myself anymore. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, I think I, I, I certainly think you... Uh, and Trey were some of the first ones that I saw do that, so I'm glad that 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 tradition is continuing. So uh, fourth quarter begins. I believe this was the point on Twitter where I started to see uh, people mention that that Badgers were getting booed at Camp Randall. Uh, Gophers gophers, uh, basically marched down the field at that point. Um, I don't have the number in front of me, but very beginning of the fourth quarter, um, uh, Wisconsin ran a play um, and then punted to the Gophers. Um, and and Gophers run a, I'm not going to count it all up here, but probably a 12 or 15 play drive at that point. What's interesting is they didn't get any points. Uh, it was a missed field goal for uh, Emmett Carpenter. So it was a bit of a mixed bag, right? You've got you've got the uh, the the good feeling of hey, our, our offensive line is really grinding at this point. We're running the ball. I mean, it's it's like every play when you walk through this drive, it's mo mo pass mo mo Seth Green mo mo pass. I mean, it's just it's just run 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 run. And we were really doing what we wanted to do. We were really, you know, kind of almost kind of really that three yards in a cloud of dust. And even though Emmett Carpenter ended up missing that field goal, that drive really set a tone for that fourth quarter. Uh, ended up being a bit of a wild fourth quarter, I felt like. But uh, what, do you, what I know you've got thoughts on, on the offensive line. What, what did you think about that drive and just what our offensive line was able to do today? Yeah, I mean, I don't have the number right in front of me. I want to say that was like an eight and a half or nine minute drive. That sounds that, that sounds right. Yeah, I think I think yeah, because we got the ball with uh, I think slightly less than fifteen minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and I think we ended up uh, the field goal was missed at, 
at um, something like the seven or six or seven minute mark, um, which is a, I, I think they said it was the longest drive in the Big Ten this year, which says everything that you need to know. I, right. We ran the ball every single play. And I remember probably like 2011, 2012 um, it was, I think, still a Brewster year. So probably 2009 or 2010. And Wisconsin ran the same play for an entire quarter, basically, and got five yards on it every single time and basically ran the clock out. And if that was the game where Cheryl's picked up a fumble and returned it back that made the score look a lot closer than it was. Uh, but anyway, r- what I'm saying is, is that we did whatever we wanted to. And that's first, I just want to say this. Mo Ibrahim is a gigantic human being. Honestly, a guy that, you know, he would be the third running back on the team, maybe yep. Yep. Uh, as a redshirt freshman, he might not have been third. But he took over after Rodney Smith went down and has had an extraordinary season. I think he had four games over 100 yards a season. He's in the 900-some yard range for the year. And so I'm going to talk about the offensive line in a second. But I just want to say Mo Ibrahim had an extraordinary year, period. Absolutely. I think he has the, the, the most yards as a freshman uh, third behind Daryl Thompson and Lawrence Maroney. That's Eddie so, company. That's exactly right. Say what you want to, but he had an extraordinary year. And as the year went on, he got better and better. He would get hit, and he would spin. He would get hit, and he would shift, and he would go, and he would get... There were some plays where he got two or three yards, but he would turn two or three yards into six or seven yards a lot of the time, too. So he had, a, he had an extraordinary game. And then the offensive line, what can you say? Like last week, I feel like Donnell Green was hurt, and that made the line not operate the way that it should. But today, they did whatever they wanted to. Tanner Morgan had all the time in the world. We had the running game where we needed to... Uh, that drive, though, to start the fourth quarter was, I made this comment on Twitter earlier today, like the, the, what, the 1987 Denver Broncos game against the Cleveland Browns or whatever it was, where, where John Elway took the team 98 yards to win the game in the AFC championship game. That, 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 that's the drive. And this was our drive. This was where we more or less said we're going to win the game, and it's going to be the offensive line in Mo Ibrahim. We don't need to pass the ball. We're just going to run it down their throat, and we're going to do whatever we need to do over and over and over again, and they're going to know what's coming, and they can't stop it. And we did that, and that was amazing because we haven't been able to impose our will on Wisconsin in 14 years. And to watch it happen, even though we didn't score on that drive, was that was where I was like, uh, we're going to win this game. And it made it a little bit more interesting uh, when, when he missed the field goal because then it was still a two-possession game and who knows what's going to happen. But that was where I said, yeah, they can't stop us and, and we can do what we need to do. And uh, I haven't felt that way in a long time, Jer. Yeah. Uh, Ibrahim, by the way, if, I'm, if my math is correct, <clears throat> finishes the regular season with 936 yards. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, correctly four yards or excuse me, four games over 100 yards, two games over 150 yards, um, and did all of this missing three games due to injury, did not play against Fresno State, Miami of Ohio, or Indiana. 
Um, so, so impressive season for him and, you know, ends up being a guy who I feel like has this quality that a lot of the gopher running back greats have had, which is just not stopping, um, finding a way to get that extra bounce off the, the first tackler or the, uh, a spin or, um, you know, just not going down on that first contact, a, a really great season, um, also, like you said, from an offensive line standpoint, um, Schluter was out there again uh, as a tight end. I didn't pay super close attention to how often that was going on, but I, I, I know I did definitely see it a few times. Um, but from an offensive line standpoint, uh, and I think you mentioned it, we, we did to Wisconsin what they normally do to us, um, which was just astounding, absolutely astounding. So um, the the fourth quarter then, uh, obviously, um, following that, we do get the fumble. Um, Hornybrook uh, gets sacked by Carter Coughlin. Uh, Gary Moore, I believe, uh, or no, Tom, I'm sorry, Barber. Uh, Thomas Barber got the, uh, the fumble recovery. Gophers get the ball back. And, you know, one thing that uh, we we did very well in this game was when we got opportunities we went down and scored and uh, the Gophers did go down uh, on a single play after that game uh, or excuse me after that fumble recovery Bryce Williams runs for 23 yards and gets a touchdown so um, Bryce Williams getting in the act so at this point uh, we are up 30 to seven and uh, I still could not bring myself to think that this game was over. How, how were you feeling at that point? I'm trying to think of how much time was left at this point in the game. I think we were about the five-minute mark. Yep, that yep. Right? It looks like uh, uh, Williams scored with 4.56 left in the game. Yeah, so I think at that point, I was pretty sure we were going to win. I think at that point, I was starting to think, all right, well, let's just start remembering this. <laughs> Which is so weird, right? I don't. Can I just sit that, here right? and enjoy this? Am I like? Can I actually allow myself to do that? Yeah, like I remember uh, the year that Jeff Horton's team beat Iowa, and I was at the game. That was a that was at TCF, and I was thinking to myself, "All right, let's just stop paying attention to anything that else that's going on, and just watch the game and just think about being here." Uh, and that's sort of how I felt here. It, it, this was a special moment. That this is the sort of thing that. You stick through this team through an awful lot of bad stuff, an awful lot of stuff that is not satisfying, that puts you on the defensive of being a fan. And this was one of those where it's like, nah, I forget everything else. Let's just enjoy the last five minutes of this game. And that's where I was at that point. It was just forget all the other noise, forget the media, forget everyone who rips on the team and whatever. This is a big moment for the for this program, and it, what happens from here, I really don't care. We've done something that hasn't been done in a long time, and so at this point, I was ninety nine point nine percent sure we were going to win, and so let's just let's just spend the rest of this game enjoying what happens and watching that axe come out and watching the team go for it. Hello. Sorry, I had muted myself there. Um, ah! I was still uh, at what? Well, it's probably been five, six weeks since I pulled that move, so that's good. Um, 
uh, I was still pretty apprehensive at that point. I was why so up twenty three up twenty three with five minutes to go. What's going through your mind? Why? Why are you apprehensive? Uh, nothing rational. <laughs> Certainly nothing rational. Um, there's there's no there's no part of the of the part of me that can look at a football game that could have said at that point we're really going to lose. Um, yeah, but. I, I there just was this nagging thing in the back of my head, you know, since the first, you know, the the second quarter of this game, which was just how 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 are we going to screw this one up? Um, and there were times that it looked like, oh, this is this is the start of that. Um, it hadn't come to fruition yet, but so no, nothing rational, um, nothing rational led me to believe that that we were going to lose. I just, uh, that's, that's where I was at at that moment. Um, so, so they talk about like young teams and, and how young teams are prone to make mistakes because they haven't been there before. And maybe not having been there before. I think we, they said we started like seven or eight freshmen, um, like even on defense today. Right. Um, and so it was a very young team, and I'm not going to bother with the defending the cliche, but maybe not having been there before for this team in this series is a really good thing. Helps because they don't have they don't have that burden, right? And well, I think you're they right. Don't have to worry about it, and they're just in there playing ball, and and finally all the pieces clicked, and so they don't have that pressure on them, like we do as fans because right. we remember 2005 right. when we're going to win the game. Oh God, he dropped the ball. Oh God, the punt was blocked. Oh God, it's a touchdown, right? Right. They, they, they were like not even in school when that happened. So yeah. they don't, they don't have to carry that around with them. No, it's, I think that's absolutely right. You're the, you're, you're the young uh, person who's falling in love for the first time, not the jaded 32 year old that's had their, yep. <laughs> had their heart broken. <laughs> Um, now what happened next, uh, was the Gophers, uh, get the ball, kick the ball back to the Badgers, uh, with, like we said, just under five minutes left in the game. Um, Alex Hornibrook throws an incomplete pass. Uh, and by the way, I, I just want to mention, uh, my wife doesn't watch a ton of Gopher football, but she did watch, uh, the game with me today, or at least the second half with me today. Um, and said to me, Is, isn't Hornybrook a Harry Potter character? Uh, which I thought was a very, very funny yeah, thing. Yeah, but, but Wisconsin has a guy on the team named Wild Goose. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's a freshman too, so we're going to have three more years of this. Like, if he gets an interception, isn't and it, like the opposing team is trying to catch him, isn't that a Wild Goose chip? Oh... <laughs> uh... It's still good. <laughs> what, you, what you get at nine uh, o'clock podcast? Oh, it's the best. Oh. Um. Anyways, um. You, so, I, I don't know. We get an interception on the next play. I, I'm looking uh, at the ESPN play-by-play right now. They're telling me Tyler Johnson intercepted it. Uh, number six, Tyler Johnson, or or. <laughs> Number six, Chris Williamson. <laughs> right, right. So, so, uh, so Chris Williamson 
who ha- has late in the season really come on um, and and had another obviously big play here. Um, I will tell you, I was starting to believe at this point finally. Um, and on the next drive, Gophers did what they did all day, which was they took an uh, they, they took a turnover. They took that opportunity and they turned it into points. They get the ball on the Wisconsin 29-yard line. Uh, takes a bit of doing. Uh, there's a few timeouts thrown in there. Uh, a couple of Seth Green runs, but Bryce Williams does go in, uh, runs a, runs 16 yards uh, for a Gopher touchdown. And I will tell you that this is the point of the game that I absolutely I, I broke down. I was in tears. Because this was the point where I finally felt like now it's put away. Now we've got this game won. We're actually going to do this. And this was the point where I was starting to not be sure how to feel about all this. It was very, it was very strange. It was, it was so new that I just had no idea what to do with it. And um, I'll, I'm being completely honest. I became very emotional at that point. Yeah. Um... We talked about this in a in in our three minute uh, prep uh, conversation for uh, for this podcast. Uh, I, as I said before, I, I felt like we were going to win um, uh, a little bit earlier with about five minutes left to play, and it it became a bit surreal and anticlimactic because. It, we're we're used to these incredibly tense moments that ultimately get resolved in fairly tense ways. And at that point, I think we were up, what? Uh, we, we were up by... 37 37, 37 to 7. Um, and 30 to 7 prior to that. And it, it, it was, well, they haven't done anything on offense all day except for that two-minute drive. And they've been dropping passes, and they've been getting penalties. And this is the stuff that we typically do. And so there was no reason, once we were up by 23 points, up three scores basically, there was no reason to believe that they were going to be able to come back. And, and certainly when we went up 37-7, to 7, it was, this, this game is over. And so um, it really wasn't, it was a, this immense sort of warm satisfaction that finally this is over and, but it wasn't, the tension was gone. It, 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 which was strange because that tension with Wisconsin has been there for such a long time that we've won the game. Um, and, and it was just, let's score as many damn points as we can now, (laughs) you know, let's make it hurt. Um, let, let's go in there and beat them in Madison worse than we've beaten, you know, than, than anyone's beaten them in a, in a long time. And, um, and we did that and, and the Bryce Williams score was, was, was big for that, but it was just, that was less miles clap. I think number five or six when, when, when he did that, yeah, I lost track. uh, yeah, it was a lot, a lot of less miles claps, but that, that was when the game was over and now we just get to sit back and enjoy and just wait for the team to go get the ax. So after this, uh, Wisconsin gets the ball back. Um, they uh, they get about thirty yards from somebody called Garrett Groshek, mm. and and then uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, good Alex Hornibrook is back, 
and throws goes five for five, five plays in a row to cameraman Danny Davis. Uh, for hey, why is he, he, he called cameraman? Uh, people forget this, but Danny Davis videotaped his roommate sexually assaulting somebody. Oh, wow. Yeah, that actually okay. happened earlier this year uh, and was only suspended two games for it. How many games? Yeah, two games. Uh, it's Paul Christ. It's classy. It's cool. People forget that. Uh, but Wisconsin gets their touchdown, and it was sort of like this weird, uh, weird thing where it was like it, it, that was almost a relief to me that they scored because it sort of felt like they had this in them, and we stopped it today. Yep. Um, and and for them to get that score at the end was. Um, that was it was almost a relief like like we actually played a complete game we didn't yep. beat an inept team we we beat a team that is not the team that they've been in many recent years but they are not inept they're still a a, a good football team that's still a, a football program that is sort of a machine as far as what they try to put out certainly kinks in the armor this year for them but um, at the end of the day, we win this game thirty-seven to fifteen, and and we beat them. It, it, you know, they yeah, they made mistakes, they dropped passes, um, but but we really did beat them today, um, uh, in all facets, and uh, that really that really I think uh, at the end of the day, as satisfying as just beating them is, the fact that we went out and actually did what we wanted to do and imposed our will and won the line of scrimmage uh, for the majority of the game, I think is really one of the big takeaways here. Yeah, we didn't do anything today that we haven't done all year, particularly on defense once uh, Rob Smith was let go. This is the this is the game that we play. We, we Run the ball first, I mean, out of the RPO, run the ball uh, and pass the ball as you need to and play solid defense. And that's what we did. It's it's exactly what we it's exactly the sort of game that we have expected to put together against Wisconsin with the exception of a few years when we were just absolutely god awful uh that that everyone else seems to be able to put up against Wisconsin. Um so we just did what we needed to do and and they made more mistakes today than we did which is the first time that has happened probably for the better part of 14 years. Yeah. Uh so it, it that's that it, it it really explains everything. We 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 showed up, we played on both uh, offense defense special teams. They made mistakes, we didn't make that many mistakes and then we won the game. So it, yeah. to be to be that 14 years is is one of those things where Everything has to go wrong consecutively in order to lose that many games in a row. They've had some really good teams in that stretch, and we've had some really bad teams. But there were years where we were both mediocre squads, and and we still didn't pull it out. This year we did. And that is credit to Fleck. It's credit to this team. Say whatever you will about Wisconsin. They were not as good as they have been. That doesn't matter. They've been average teams, and we've lost before. Give full credit to the Gophers for winning this game, and that's more or less all there is to say. A hundred percent, absolutely right. Um, 
you know, we won't uh, we won't talk about uh, a lot about the impact that this game has greater than uh, you know just winning the game. Obviously, becoming bowl eligible, having an extra month of practice, um, all of those things are important. We'll kind of save that for the regular episode of Taken All Wrong this week. But uh, let me just ask you, just from a fan standpoint, I know you talked a little bit about it earlier of just sort of getting over that hump, but, uh, you know, I know you, you kind of said the it hasn't really set in, but, like, what do you, what does this do for you as a fan? How, how does this change your perception of what this team can be, whether that's looking back at the last 15 years or just looking back at the last 12 weeks? Boy, that's a big question, Jer. I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. It, for me, I've said to you and a lot of other people that we hang out with, I will never quit this team because of the Gophers. But having our, at least my, rival team just consistently beat us it makes it really hard to be a fan. It, it, it takes away a lot of the fun because it that rivalry sustains your enjoyment. And and we've beaten, yeah, I always beaten us a lot. I always beat us 50, you know, 55 to zero before. Right. But we occasionally get some punches in there and, and, and beat Iowa. And, and that makes it fun. That makes it a fun rivalry. But Wisconsin to me is our number one rival and to be beaten year in and year out is really hard. And so, irrespective of what this means for the future of the program, like, are we going to go to the Rose Bowl? I don't know. Like, we get into that next week. But to finally have beaten them and, and maybe have a chance to make this a real rivalry again, where they'll come in here not being basically assured that they're going to win, means everything. I just want us to have a, a, a chance against this team every year, and that has just been taken away for such a long time. And I think I said to you, you know, going into going into today, I I want to win more so I can go in with the sort of fun hatred that you should have toward a rival, rather than despair of losing to the team that you want to beat more than anything. And so to have that back now, it just means a lot as a fan i can sustain myself as a gopher fan regardless of whether we're going to the rose bowl or not just knowing that we don't have this 14 year streak of getting nuked by our our biggest rival every year uh carried around with us all the time so that's what it that's what it means to me yeah, I, I said on the podcast this week, I will never again believe that we will beat the Badgers until we do. Um, and we did. And I, I was telling my wife after the game, I don't, I don't think I ever said it out loud, and I'm not sure that I actually ever formed the thought in my head, but I, I don't think, I think there was a part of me that just assumed we would never beat Wisconsin again. I, yep. I had no evidence to think that we were going to beat them again. Um, and, and I think part of that was a coping mechanism, and part of that was just, this is what's happened. Um, and so it, it, it just, uh, 
as surreal as it was, it was sort of like I was also... I agree with you. I don't know that it's a, a, um, a sign of things to come. I'm not positive that it's a turning point for the program. I think it's very important for this year. I think we all agreed this team needed to make a bowl game um, and and all that comes along with that. The fact that we did that by beating our rival that we had lost to 14 times in a row is uh, it's astounding. Um, and, and, you know, you and I sat down to breakfast before the Purdue game and I said to you, we've got three games coming up and it's funny that I think our best shot at a win might be Wisconsin. Now, I was saying that in jest. Uh, and we went out and beat Purdue that day, and I think you've mentioned a, a few times that Purdue kind of gave up. And, and then we end up beating Wisconsin, too, to get bowl eligible. Uh, it, it's, yeah. it's it's quite the, uh, quite the day. I, I don't know. I still don't know if I'm I, – I, after the game, I just was like, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I yeah, no I mean to to, to to play to play two of your three best games at the end of the season, one of which is against Wisconsin, and you comprehensively beat them in Madison. We haven't had an end to the season like that. I, I don't know how long. No. <laughs> it's been so long. I mean, uh, it's been so long. Never. So I mean, I mean, you got to remember, like it was just last season that we got outscored like seventy-four to nothing like against Northwestern and Wisconsin. And, and this year, you know, we were very flaccid against Northwestern and then we just beat Wisconsin and Madison. So, right. um, yeah, year makes a big difference. I'm extremely happy. Um, and I'm excited to get into some of what this might mean, you know, as we, uh, as we, uh, you know, figure out our bowl situation and, yeah. and watch recruiting happen. Yeah. Uh, it, it was funny. I, I texted uh, a friend uh, tonight after the game um, and he, he asked so what bowl game do you think we're going to go to and I was just like well, I, I haven't even thought of that Like, I have no clue I have no idea what options are on the table it never even occurred to me that that would be something that we needed to think about uh, tonight yep. so Dallas, Dallas, Detroit, it doesn't matter, wherever. Yeah. I'm just all in it for the extra practices and uh, taking the axe home with it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, we uh, we did zero prep for this. This was very spur of the moment. Uh, feels like a, a good time to, uh, to, to cut it off. We've still got a lot of things to talk about, obviously, and we'll save that for uh the regular episode this week when uh when jeffrick will be able to join us he's doing uh what good canadians do tonight which is playing hockey um but uh we really appreciate you uh out there listening along um unbelievable day uh for if you're a gopher fan uh if you're a diehard gopher fan who's suffered through the last 14 seasons uh yeah if you're a gopher fan who suffered through this season today is uh is uh momentous um so uh so definitely appreciate you uh being the the fan that you are appreciate you listening to this special edition of taken all wrong uh and for mr frothy gopher i am jd mill Jeffrick would tell you to stay classy and go gophers, and I will remind you to row the boat and sky you up.